tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. You know me. You know what I'm here to do. Uh, joining me, as always, is my good friend and yours, uh, Xavier Carrera, XG, and the place to be. How are you, dude? I'm doing great. Chilling. Are you enjoying your living situation? Yeah, yeah. I live with George now. Uh, yeah. So it's crazy. It's fun. You got to understand this stuff about XG. He literally hangs out with two spectrum of people. <laughs> he hangs out with the, uh, the fucking crazy vatos, the locos. Uh, who I love with all my heart, but they have a different speed. And then you hang out with the old guys who are, I mean, Eddie, Eddie, after shows, Eddie, we, Eddie likes to drink the show and then we all go grab shitty food and we go home. But we're, we're super mellow compared to your other crew. Oh, yeah. You get 12 o'clock, you guys are done. Yeah. Hands oh, down. And I'm still up like, yo, what's yeah, up? We're like, and you're drunk. You're like, we gotta go back. We gotta go back. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we're old. You, I'm, that boat is gone, dude. That boat is gone. Guys, a lot of amazing things. The show tonight. That's right. New York City. Come to Gramercy Theater. It is tonight. New York City. We're out. We're rocking. New York City, Gramercy Theater. Tin, foil, hat, man. Eddie Bravo, myself, lawyer. Lauren Petrie of the Electric Kool-Aid Podcast will all be there. Be square. We're going to be selling those t-shirts as well. The next one is, I'm super excited, we're going to be in Utah. Utah, dude. Look at me, not making a Book of Mormon shirt because I hear they don't like that. And I'm not here to offend. I do enough on stage. I'm not going to piss you off before you even get there. Once you get there, people are going to be crying, Okay. But come there, Eddie Bravo, this guy, have you ever met a Mormon before? No. He's well, never even met a Mormon. I see them walking around the street, but I don't talk to them. Yeah. It's a, where have you seen Mormons? Huh? Mormons are great. Especially they're chicks. They're called Jack Mormons, and they get weird before they get serious. But I'm always the guy who gets the girl when she gets, wants to get serious. I never get the girl when she wants to be a weird. I actually do, dude. No, you get the weirdos. I definitely get the weirdos. Guys, that's right. We're going to be at Wise Guys. It's going to be Wise Guys in West Jordan. Tinfall hat comedy night. We're going big, dude. I love the Mormons. Can I get soda in Utah? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'd like to find out. No, because they're anti-soda, I think. I don't know. We're, we're going to learn so much. I'm so excited. Come and hang out. I wish we could bring Aaron just so we could go out there and poo-poo on everything. You know? <laughs> Aaron, do you like Mormons? Uh, I've had a few friends that were Mormon. They were cool. Yeah. But they were Jack Mormons. They were, sure. Who came up with the name Jack Mormon, though? I'd love to know. I need to do a whole episode Jack, of just Jack Mormons. Jack Daniels? Jack da- Oh, rude. 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 Yeah, They're I not got, Amish, dude. Yeah. I They're got, people. I got some harsh words for Joseph Smith, though. So. Whoa, really? Dude, oh, yeah, why? Yeah. They're people. No, the guy who started it. Why? Why you got hard words for him? 
Because he's a con man who oh, found Oh, Aaron, the, what? I'm going to do stand-up there, and you're calling their, their messiah a fucking <laughs> con man? More Not a profit, cool. and I won't be there. So, Gross, gross, you, you gross. October Aaron, 19th. October. West Jordan. West Jordan. Listen, come listen to me roast Aaron when he's not there. I might just call him up when he's making love to his lady and just tell him how shitty the Cardinals are. I'll be okay? at a wedding. Uh and not there. So. Okay, dude, Aaron, real good. The late fucking no man left behind, Aaron, my ass. All right? <laughs> then we have October 22nd. It's the big main room show. We're going big. Myself, Eddie Bravo, uh, Tim Dillon, exiting the place. And you never know who's going to pop in. You never, I'm trying to get Duncan Trussell on the show. I'm trying. And then uh, after that is the big Vegas show. That's November 15th at the Backstage Bar and Billiards. That's right. We're going to go hard in the paint, and then we're going to go burn down Fremont Street because I love Fremont Street. I love Vegas. You know I love Vegas. Oh, dude, that's your hometown. I want to buy a house. You can get like a third-world dictator house for like $200,000. So there's no water. Uh, yeah, that is my... I'm going to ask our next guest yeah, for that. Yeah, he knows what's up. Okay, guys. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at abx.org. Go to abx.org. Use the promo code... Chaos, and you'll get 20% off your flower, your vape pens, uh, you name it. All you have to do is just enjoy, and you get high as fuck on this flat earth where there is no global warming climate change going on. Get high as shit, okay? Do it. I'm trying to get Blue Chew and the weed company to come together and just make a, a weed boner pill. Because when I get high, I get paranoid, Dude. and I just like to beat off. But that might be too much information for you guys. <laughs> so go to abx.org, Aslo Extract. They are the number one weed company in the world. Clap back. Use chaos. Get 20% off all your purchases. And then our good friends at BetDSI. BetDSI for all your bet needs. Use the promo code HAT100 and you'll get, they'll match anything up to $500. You deposit $100, there'll be $200 in there for you. Now, you got to bet a certain amount because they'd be idiots to double it so you can pull it right out. But go in there, make some bets, everything. Women's, women's soccer, women's MMA. By the way, the number one... Aaron, what do you think the number one sport in, female sport is in the world? Uh, I'm guessing it's MMA. Nope, it's called pornography. That oh. is the number one <laughs> female sport out there, and you should be able to make bets on that. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. Bet the aside. We're all winners there. We're all <laughs> real. It's almost like the Special Olympics. We're all. What would winners. be the bet? What I don't I don't know. I, dude, I didn't think about her to squirt. Yeah, Does she squirt. Dude, this is a Christian podcast. Please don't <laughs> get weird like that with your graphics, okay? You've already offended my Mormon listeners. Now I got this guy talking about squirting over here. It's a rude podcast. It's already started off rude, okay? Use the promo code HAT100 and BAM! You'll get that cheddar and make them bets on football, basketball starting, baseball starting. Dodgers going to win it all again, just like we did in the 80s, okay? <laughs> just shut up. Just shut up, Aaron. They win it all again. Again, like, they did like 31 years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, that's how we like it. Guys, if you're listening on YouTube, hit the hit the subscribe button. Be part of the swarm. Please check out the t-shirts. Go to tinfallhattshirts.com. Every show we throw another t-shirt up there. That's for you. That's for the children. Okay. The Patreon's rocking. You're getting, unless I get sick, you get two to three hours of Content there, me ranting, me raving, me calling people. 
Me love you long time, okay? Go to patreon.com backslash tinfoil hat and get your weirdness on. Uh, is there anything else? Did I miss anything? No, we're good. What are we're we done. up to? What time? 810, not bad. Not bad. Let's Guys, uh, this is a wonderful human being joining us today. Uh, he cares. He's trying to hook me up with Anoraka Apuko so I can go <laughs> there. I've met them. I like them, mostly because I think they're all swingers, by the way. I think there's their big ve- swinger vibe at uh, Anarchy Apuko because I'm down to get weird. I don't know if you know that. I'm part of the LBGTQ. W. I'm the weird. I'm the W at the end. I'm the weird. Because I'm in, dude. Okay? Tell, make your pitch. Let's see if this Bluetooth got action on it. Um, He wrote one of the best books of 2000. What year did you write your book? 2017. The One of the best voted. One of the greatest books of 2017. It's called The Octopus of Global Control. Please welcome my favorite and yours. And making his third appearance, everybody. Charlie Robinson. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Look, loyal to the foil. Thank you, dude. I That's a good-looking shirt. shirt. Damn. That's a good... You it's have comfortable, more shirt. too. You know, I was concerned that the shirts might not be very comfortable. It would just be that Teespring bullshit. But they're good. They're re- it's really comfortable. I like it. So, Dude, I'm telling you, make love in it. It's really good. It's oh, really hang good. On. Okay, I'll write that down. Okay, write it down. <laughs> Aaron hasn't even got one shirt. He's like, when are you going to make me a shirt? It's like, Aaron, buy a shirt, support the show. I'm the reason you're... <laughs> people make a parody accounts for you, and you don't even care. <laughs> God. So uh, I'm so happy. Charlie, you're one of my favorite guests on the show. Um, Thanks, man. Tell us about your book real quick. Oh, it's a, it's a whopper. Um, like you said, it came out in 2017. I look into the different aspects of the control mechanisms that are con- that are running this world, uh, all the horrible things that those people in positions of power are doing to the rest of us, and exposing it in a way that's funny and enlightening at the same time. I took that um, John Stewart approach to it, which is try and make the bad news funny so people will hang in there for it all the way to the end. They'll get the message. They'll understand that there's a story there, but they'll laugh at the same time. So I just... You know, I relentlessly fuck with everybody in the book pretty much, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, I call out guys like Lindsey Graham and accuse them. Oh, that fucking owning, queen. Owning multiple black dildos, which I'm sure he does, <laughs> and wearing assless leather chaps and stuff like that. So, you know, you got to have some fun with it, and I, I, I like to think that, that the book does that. But it's it's dark, too. I mean, there's some, there's some points in it that are, uh, you know— our society is definitely being run by some people that have uh, that do not have our best interest in mind. And so part of it is just kind of an awakening for everybody to kind of wake up to this world that we're in and then go about trying to fix it uh, after that. So, so I mean, like, we're definitely living in an interesting place. And I want to get into what we want to talk about, which is uh, global warming. And in particular, this carbon tax hustle. Man, yeah. I love that we're talking about this. Because I watched a video from that guy from MIT. And you're like, oh, my God, it is a giant scam. It is a giant scam. And I can't believe that nobody sees this. I cannot believe that nobody sees what's going on. But I want to talk to you really quick, Charlie, before we get into that, about the political space. When you're one of the most logical dudes I know. You are, I always like to just run ideas by you, and I, you're, you're a voice of reason. You are a lighthouse in the sea of chaos. Is it business as usual in Washington, D.C. right now? 
I mean, I've never seen it as crazy as it is right now. And I'm no, I mean, I think I've been clear about this in interviews I've done. I'm no fan of Trump, right? I think he's a, I didn't like him beforehand. I just don't like that personality type, right? But it is what we're seeing from the Democrats. It's pretty, pretty embarrassing. Like their behavior has been uh, horrendous towards him. Yeah, I know they don't they don't like him. And and also the Republicans kind of did the same thing to Obama. When Obama got in office, they blocked him everything he tried to do. They're like, we're not having this. And, you know, they 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 played that game. But with Trump, it's a bit different. It's super personal, of course. Um, and he and he, you know, he antagonizes them. Part of the thing that I, I don't like Trump in the in, in most aspects. But one thing I do appreciate about him is that, first of all, he's not afraid to call out the media. And when he called CNN fake news, that was fantastic because they are fake news in those those small bits of honesty that you get from him. They're rare, but you get them. You got it when he was going up in the debate against Hillary Clinton and he just kind of said, because you'd be in jail. You know, that was awesome. On when fire. he called CNN fake news, that was awesome because they flipped the fuck out because they knew it was true. And he's like a bull in the China shop and he's in Washington, DC and he's not an establishment guy. And I remember Newt Gingrich coming out right after Obama or right after Trump won the election. And he said, he, Trump's going to have problems because he's not part of the secret societies in yeah. Washington. And I was like, Oh yeah, no kidding. They're going to have a big problem with him. And then you've got Chuck Schumer saying that the intelligence agencies have six ways to Sunday to make your life hell and all these. Things. I mean, we know this to be true. This is obviously right. true. But but they have taken it. The Democratic side has said, you know, if we didn't win, we're just going to take our ball and go home and we're just going to try and wreck everything, which if you think about it, is a pretty reprehensible way of conducting business because they're supposed to be looking out for the people that voted them into office. Right. So at least half of the people out there gave, you know, voted for them. So for them to just try to destroy the whole economy and you've got people like Bill Maher saying, I don't care, just take the whole economy down. That'll, that'll get rid of it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What are we talking about here? You're talking about hurting a bunch of people that had, you know, the, the most vulnerable people in society. You're going to what? Fuck up the economy to take them down. And that'll show him what that'll show a billionaire. Yeah. Or a hundred, whatever, however much money Trump has. Uh, who knows? Who but knows? It could win. be cash. He could be paper rich, cash poor. But it's like sure. there is something right between him and the CIA. Where I mean, it's it, even if you want to go, hey, Sam, it's just a, a theater. OK, but why would they just absolutely destroy stuff they've worked so hard to build up like the mockingbird media nobody's watching the news my girlfriend who just is an addict a crack addict on msnbc goes you've opened my eyes to all the bullshit i see it right now she watches it because she hates she hates sports and there's nothing else on so i come home but she it's background noise she's not watching it like she used to she maybe because i've screamed at her enough <laughs> that she realized it doesn't but the point is like the media's dead. Nobody's following this stuff. The the DNC is dead, so their two-party system is done. And I'm a liberal, man. I'm still a registered Democrat. I won't vote for them ever again. Word is that Tulsi Gabbard is now going to call for impeachment on this, which is probably her having going, please let me into these debates. I'll do whatever you want, right? So, I mean, like, 
And now we got like Trump who lets in this like Gina, whatever her name is, the CIA director. Uh, this whistleblower comes out two days after Jeffrey Epstein kills himself. It's just like, they're, they're, if this is theater, this is the most complex theater we've ever seen in our life. Because it's just, it's like cutting their nose to spite their face. Do you think something's going on with that? Well, I think that Trump is is in a way outing part of the CIA's dirty tricks, what they've been doing. He did it with Venezuela. He's doing it right now with um, with, with what they're doing, you know, what they're talking about with Saudi Arabia and, and, and uh, I, I, Iran and Ukraine and the Ukraine and the Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. And these are all these are all manufactured stories. Of course, these, these are, these are all, um, the CIA telling the mainstream media what to say. And if they just repeat it a lot enough, people will eventually believe it. You know, I mean, we've got talked into the wars, um, just by repetition through the media and the media saying, you know, we found yellow cake uranium and blah, 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 and all these things. And they just kept hammering on it over and over day after day after day. And finally you're going, yeah, we, we need to go into Iraq and, you know, and if somebody was to say, well, why, what did they do to us? You're like, dude, you know, w- w- weapons of mass destruction. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, so this was these were the lies yeah, they were pushing for sure, 15 dude. years ago. But for now sure. it's coming back again. And here you go with Venezuela over the last couple of months where they're like, Guaido is the new, you know, he's the president. Everyone, nobody in Venezuela has even heard of this guy. They don't know who he is. And you're trying to say that he was elected president. He wasn't even on the ballot. They they installed him like they always do. And then the fucking audacity of the mainstream media and the CIA to come out and say that if you question, uh, you know, you have to just go along. How did we don't interfere? You know, how dare some other country come and interfere? interfere in our election, right? We can't interfere. How dare Russia interfere in our election? What do you think we're doing in Venezuela and Ukraine and Yemen and and, and had done in Iran? All we, the CIA does is meddle in people's elections. That's what they do. That's their best skill is going in and corrupting other countries and screwing with their elections. And the media comes out and start, talks about how, how we have to be so careful about Russia interfering in our election. And what they don't realize is that they're they're showing themselves to have no credibility at all. They're just like, we know that you're lying. We know you're lying. Yeah. And nobody's watching anymore because of that. You know what's crazy? And this just happened uh, today, but the CNN brought on somebody to talk about how Donald Trump's impeachment hearings could go. And can we bring in, you know, somebody that can we really get him to impeach him? Can we do this and everything? And to bring in an expert on someone to help us, they brought in Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Unless they they started the conversation by saying, to talk about uh, criminality and impeachment by somebody who is a hardcore criminal and knows all their way around uh, this sort of stuff, let's bring in Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's a total con artist and and an outed criminal. They didn't do that. No, no. They brought her in as an expert. Telling how we're going to spot how Trump is should be impeached for all the things, and I'm no fan, like I said, I'm no fan of Trump. Dude, totally, I, I get him, it. 
I want him, if you're going to get him out, get him out on like real terms. Get him. I mean, he's done a million things. Why do you have to manufacture shit to try and pin on him? Like go after some of his like acknowledged flaws and missteps and fraud. I mean, the guy's a criminal. We know that. Why don't you just go hammer him on some of the stuff that he's already done instead of manufacturing it? But that's CNN for you. Their, their motto is ready, fire, aim. They don't give a shit about getting into the facts. They'll print a retraction or maybe not uh, in the future. They're just going to go talk about it. I mean, th- this is this is the mainstream media these days. You've got MSNBC and they come out. They catch Brian Williams in a gigantic lie, right? Oh, yeah. I was, you know, yeah. I was in a, a, a helicopter that was hit by an RPG comes out that it is not true what do they do yeah they give him his own fucking show they don't even fire him they give him his own show so it's like what so people are saying people at msnbc and cnn are saying you know it's unfair that trump is calling us fake news real well what do you expect yeah, for to sure. Fire a guy when you catch him catch him doing this stuff. They're they're operating under the the like the how the United States government does with the guys the the generals during nine eleven that were in charge of NORAD and in charge of of uh, Central Command that are watching all this stuff happen and do nothing. What happens? Do they get fired? No, they get promoted. How do you know that they're in on it? They get promoted. How do you know Brian Williams is in on it? He gets his own fucking television show. This is how you know that the media isn't trying to get it right. They're just trying to continue to to sell this narrative that they've built but the narrative is very flimsy and a lot of people are waking up to it hell your girlfriend is is waking up to it she's like maybe rachel maddow isn't telling me the truth no shit she hasn't been telling you the truth in three fucking years why is anyone trying to why are people going to listen to her now but this is this is what happens when americans in general just kind of don't pay attention to the news because they've got they're really busy and they walk by a TV and they see a, a headline they hear two seconds of it and they go off and about their day thinking that that's the reality of the situation when in actuality there's far more to the story and the people that are on your nightly news are lying to you because that's what they do and listen they can't call them out on all the real shit because they're mo- because their boss is making money off the real shit that he's doing like having an international cabal. Uh, agent in the White House, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically endless war, selling arms to foreign countries. That's stuff we don't like. And it's not good for the country. They can't call them out on that. They call them out on stuff like, oh, doing a tariff against China. Guess what? They're tariffing us. Why, do, why don't they like tariffs on China? Because that's affecting whoever signs their checks, bottom line. All these corporations and this giant scam to, take, to basically take jobs out of the United States, make everybody either poor, dumb, or a criminal, or on drugs, so either you go to jail or you, or you join the military. That's what they want. That's their options they want for you. You got yeah. two options. You can either rot in a jail or be a stormtrooper for the international banking cabal. And again, that is not code for Jews, okay? Because the city of <laughs> London is in England, all right? That is the center of banking, all right? Yes, I've said that Israel is a business transaction, okay? That again does not involve, I'm not, it's not Jews. It is black cube of Saturn, Jesuits, the Rome, the black, the black nobility, and the banking cabal, okay? So they don't want to go, and, and dude, look at all their stuff. They're making money on it, which brings us to what we wanted to talk about today. There are three things that we can never actually touch, 
that they are spending tons of money on, right? And what are they? Space. 99% of the people you know never been to space, ever. Yet we spend billions of dollars on it, right? The environment. 99% of the people you've met have never seen a glacier fall into the water, all right? No one's ever seen a hungry polar bear, all right? Nobody's seen all this insane shit we've had. Okay, some people are like, what about smog, Sam? That is different than fucking climate change, okay? That is much, and we could get in, we're going to get into all that. And then the other thing is nuclear war, right? How come the Japanese moved right into Hiroshima? How come they're giving tours right now of Chernobyl? These places are supposed to be radioactive for like thousands of years, yet people are already walking through. The, the, the whole story about uh, the, the nuclear reactor in Japan. Fukushima. That broke, Fukushima. Fukushima. Okay? <laughs> Fukushima. That's what it should be called. Because they're fucking with us. They're like, oh, it's, it's the radiation's everywhere. No, dude. Science will even tell you. Real science will tell you that those isotopes die off over a certain period of time. And it's like these are three giant money makers that none of us and nobody you know 99% of the people you know have never seen a nuclear weapon in their life ever (coughs) so now we're getting the climate change and we have this honestly I feel bad for this girl what's her name Greta whatever she goes you know she's going around crying look at you why am I here why am I here I should be at home yeah right Playing fucking doctor or hooking up with everybody on their fucking block or (laughs) blowing black boys pissing off their dad or sending nudes to their fucking teachers. Whatever 60-year-old girls do that they shouldn't be doing. What they should be doing is being paraded down. Have you seen her the way her eyes twitch? That is trauma. She's been through trauma. If she's even real at all. Some people think she's AI, but that's a different story. Global warming, the carbon tax. When you start to hear what that really involves, it is shocking. Where do you want to start? The col- well, I've got good news and bad news for you. Okay. The good news is that the world is not going to end in 12 years. Okay. The bad news is we're going to hear about global warming, carb- climate change, and all this shit till the day we die. Yep, (laughs) because it is this important to their agenda. And I want to make a distinction before we even start that (laughs) that there is climate change, you know, that whole thing. And there is pollution. All right. I think that what people are genuinely upset about is pollution, which is a real thing. Um, But what has happened is that pollution, all the attributes of pollution has been hijacked has been renamed first it was named global warming and it was global warming for a long time but then a really inconvenient thing happened the temperatures started going down and so they couldn't call it global warming anymore so what they did they came up with the really the most perfect orwellian description which is to call it climate change because then you're covered on both sides right no matter if it goes up you're good if it goes down you're good you just say climate change now climate change is a scam it is It is not talking about pollution. What it is at its core is a carbon tax scam. And what the carbon tax scam is this. In the future, 
by the year 2030. That number might ring a bell. Agenda 2030. These are all tied together. I'll explain later. But by 2030, what they're going to do is they're going to issue carbon allowances for certain companies and countries. Dude, this is what it's all about. This is the greatest scam. This is the greatest scam since fractional reserve banking, in my opinion. It is. It is. You have to appreciate the audacity of and the simplicity simplicity of this scam too. It's really well done. It is. You have you have to stand and acknowledge these guys are really smart at what they're doing. You should just be like, "Well done, well (laughs) done. You have created this system." To make so much money and not change anything. I mean, fractional reserve banking is so brilliant. What they basically said was like, hey, we're going to create a system in which we're going to make $10 for every $1. And we're going to use that system and we're going to bribe everybody. We're going to bribe everybody with this funny monopoly money. We're going to keep all the real shit, the actual wealth. We're going to keep it. And we're going to give you all this funny money. And it's going to be like Monopoly when you play Monopoly with your little brother and he doesn't know the rules and you just start (laughs) grabbing cash and now you're buying Boardwalk and Park Place. And he thinks it's great because he's getting all this fake money. It's just, it's so brilliant if it wasn't completely evil and diabolical. And this carbon tax is the next level so incredibly evil, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Let, I'm going to, I've got a new book that's coming out with Jeff Berwick from uh, Anarchapulco. And this is just, I, I want to read Jeff. just two paragraphs from it. This is talking about the, the, the climate tax thing. So it says, take two steps back, remove the emotion that global, global warming reflexively evokes and think about how an evil mastermind would back the population into a plan designed to control their actions. The best way to control someone is to convince them to control themselves. If one could make this mechanism an involuntary reaction caused by guilt, then they would have a system that is self-policing and reinforced through public shaming. It is the perfect system that only requires that the belief in global warming continue to exist. As long as that is in place, then the people will take care of the rest and the controllers will not need to force people to comply with their plan because they will do so through a combination of duty, pride, guilt, and the fear of ridicule. And, so, Oh, yeah. Keep going, dude. You're on fire right now. So, the, so how the global carbon tax scam works. So in 2030, they will create uh, a, an allotment for each company and each country. You get X number of kilo kilotons of pollution that you're allowed to emit anything over that you have to pay a tax on what you're emitting anything under that you can keep and hold on to that difference and you can sell that in the open market now the open market is oh going to be commodities based which is there's uh they will create a marketplace run by Goldman Sachs and Citicorp and these these companies where you will be able to buy and sell and trade credit, carbon tax credits and offsets. Oh my God. Now, if you're a big polluter, you're going to have to buy some more. If you're not a big polluter, you got a couple extra of your carbon tax credits that you can then sell off to people. And who's going to be in the middle of this marketplace? 
the banks, of course. Oh the banks are going to police God. this through what is called the IPCC, which is the uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. That's a, an organization. So the way this works is that if you're so we're in 2030 oh and you're a company God. and you're building you're building widgets and whatever and you exceed the amount of money that or you exceed the amount of carbon pollution that Credit. you're allowed so you have to come up with the difference there's a tax on that so you pay that money to the IPCC and then you in turn go back to your customers in the future and you say, well, you know, I got to raise the prices of everything because I'm getting hit with this carbon tax. So really who pays it is the people. Now the IPCC then takes that money or takes, takes all the money that they've got and they take these invented carbon credits that they have literally produced out of thin air. They're nothing. They're nothing. They are nothing. They are, they're not tangible. They're not tangible. They're just made up. They're just like fucking fractional reserve banking, magical dollars. Yeah, it's, we have, we have a piece of paper here that um, says that you um, have, have uh, paid us X number of dollars for uh, the excess carbon that you've emitted and we'll, you pay for it and we'll send it to you. And now you're good. You submit this with your taxes and you're fine because, um, because now you've spent this money. Now the, the scam is that the IPCC doesn't use that money to go out and then fix the environment. They put that money in their pocket. (laughs) And the IPCC just invented themselves out of thin air to be the judge, jury, and executioner with with regard to carbon taxes. And And they are a... A group that was started by the United Nations, right? They have ties to the United Nations. Who's sitting on their board? Who's involved in their board? I mean, oh, take a wild tell guess. Me, tell Al me. Gore. Oh my God! And by the way, fun fact, Aaron, your savior, Aaron, who never, who could have stopped George Bush from hijacking the 2000 uh, election, but he, they couldn't stop that because 9/11 was already in fucking motion so they needed him there so dick cheney could be there okay that guy al gore who did not join the black caucus in trying to call for an investigation and let george bush's presidency go through okay presidency go through okay that guy whose daughter married a Rothschild, okay is on the board the guy who told us that all this stuff was going to happen in 10 years and how much of it happened Zero. Zero of it, Aaron. Zero. Again, with these facts that we have that don't fit into your sexy lesbian (laughs) Rachel Maddow's fucking narrative every night. God, you know, Al Gore. I I wouldn't trust Al Gore as far as I kicked him. I could kick him. He's a garbage man. A garbage man. Unbelievable. I've got got some news for you on Al Gore. Oh, no. Um, who his best friend was, one of his best friends in the 90s, was a guy named Ken Lay. Ken Lay was the CEO of Enron. Enron. What was Enron busted for doing? Fucking. Enron was busted for cap and trade, selling carbon credits, and fraudulently doing that. Who taught Al Gore the carbon tax hustle? Ken Lay did. The guy who got sentenced to 25 years in prison and then died of a heart attack. Luckily, luckily. How blessed is that guy to have died? And oh my God, Mike, may, did anyone go to any funerals? 
They wouldn't see the <laughs> autopsies. They wouldn't do anything like that. No. They never see any of that. That guy just shish kebab his face the same way they're going to do to your cousin, Takashi 69. Yeah, they're just going to shave off those tats, give him some weird kind of new face, and he'll be working the food court in Iowa. You know, hey, welcome to uh, Orange Julius. How can I help you, Punta? You know, (laughs) that's what's going to be happening with that, okay? Ken Lay didn't die. By the way, fun fact about Ken Lay and Enron, a corrupt judge in California said we had the honor contract that we did with Enron when they knowingly lied about the numbers. That's who Al Gore works with, that garbage that's, man. Yeah, that's what it is. And so this, the carbon tax system, the reason why I say we're never going to hear the end of it, it's going to be going forever, is that it is the funding mechanism for the new world order. This is how they plan to make their money from 2030 going forward. They're going to make trillions and trillions of dollars. No, 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 not millions, not billions, no, not billions. We're talking trillions. Trillions. Yeah. Trillions. Yeah. And in what they do, and this is very this is where I, why it's genius is that as a decent human being, you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't like the idea of the world getting overheated and everybody dying and us having all these bad things. And if carbon's causing that and if I'm producing carbon and I'm producing more than I should, well, then this tax is a way of basically uh, letting all these people feel good about themselves, that they're helping. Oh, I'm helping at least. You know, I might not be helping on the carbon, but at least I'm paying my taxes. And then that'll go into this, you know, to this organization. And then they'll use that money to clean up the the carbon and blah, blah, blah. There's no cleaning up. It's not meant for them. There's no plan for them to step in and take all this money and then fix things. That's not what's happening. They're just taking it all. They're not fixing shit. So basically. (laughs) They don't want to. This isn't their plan because this is all profit for them. So they're running this. It's it's important for people to understand that the reason why you get people like Prince Charles and every single president and all these important people talking about how climate change has got to be the most important aspect. We've got to get on board with this. We've got to embrace this. We've got to change these things. Of course they're saying that. They're saying it now. They're going to be saying it forever until enough people wake up to this scam and they say and they realize this is this is nothing. This is three card Monty. And I'm the sucker going, how come the ball's missing every time? Well, because the people that are running this scam are the same people that sold you, they took babies out of the incubator. Yeah. And there's weapons of mass destruction. And we, you know, if we don't get, you know, $700 billion in TARP funds, then the economy is going to collapse. These are the same people that are selling you on climate change. How much so money is enough money? Look at their history of lying. They have a track record of doing of saying one thing and it being the exact opposite. And they don't give a shit about you. They certainly don't care about the planet. And part of the reason why you can tell that this is all bullshit is because if they were serious about talking about carbon emissions, they would be talking to China, India, and the United States military. Let's but not get those, into that right now. We're discussed. We're going to get into that. That is coming down the line. Who is the the who? Hold on, we, I'm looking at your notes right now. But they do care. But but we're gonna get into all this. Who is the Club of Rome? Okay, so the Club of Rome is the key to this entire thing. 
The Club of Rome was started by two people, Dr. Alexander King, which is a name that doesn't really ring a bell for most people. He only co-founded NATO oh, and the man. Committee of 300. Oh, the Committee. One of the, Fun fact, though, yeah. real quick, Charlie. Uh, Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer, one of the members of the Committee of 300. So they're not all bad people, all right? And that's how I know we're going to win a championship because you're not one of the most 300, <laughs> most powerful 300 people in the world and not get a fucking ring and a chip. Anyways, outside Jeannie, of Steve Ballmer. Jeannie Buss Bus is not a member of the Committee of 300, dude, I'm pretty she sure. She couldn't even work in the bathroom at the fucking Committee no. of 300 because, dude, they, they are the most broke people in the NBA. People don't realize that. The... L.A. Lakers and the Oakland Raiders owners are the most broke people in sports. Owners in sports because that's all they have. That's that is their money maker. Everybody else, like their team, is a side bitch. Okay, right? right? They're they're a side chick. But these two, that's how they make their money. Oh, also the bus bought the um the ice house in uh in Pasadena. But oh, really? I, I don't think I was supposed to say that. Anyways, <laughs> the point is is that the committee of 300. So it's like who's if we're looking at the power scale of the of the world, we have Pindar at the top. He is the 8-foot albino lizard who probably lives in the middle. Then below that is the 13 families which most likely involve the Vatican. Um, Where's the Vatican? Somewhere. The in Vatican's there. in the black nobility, dude. The black nobility. And then we have the 300. And uh, they are just below the. Th- I don't. I think the. Uh, the. I think the queen is in the thirteen families. I believe. I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm going to get pounded on for not knowing that. But the next one is the, just the third floor down is is the committee of three hundred. And and so Dr. Alexander King founded NATO, the Committee of Three Hundred, and he was a co. He was a high-ranking guy at the Tavistock Institute. He's a British guy. Tavistock Institute can best be described as a culture factory. Man, they they create all of the um, trends and all the things that you think are organic, but really aren't. Tavistock is in their social engineering. The you know the hell out of it. And so the second co-founder of the Club of Rome is our favorite lizard, David Rockefeller. Okay. Oh, dude! So, Don't you, okay, so we got. I'm all into these uh, K- uh, Kazarians and Az- what do they call those Jews? Azus, Askenazi, Askenazis, which they card- yeah. the Kazarians went on to become the uh, Rothschilds and the Askenazi. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went on to become the Rockefellers. That's why I've been studying this stuff. That's some connecting interest. all the dots. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, it's all one. There's no. It's like. Charlie's one, book. One movie. One movie. It's like Charlie's book. It's like it's not one. It's not a bunch of conspiracies. It's one conspiracies with so many tentacles. It's unbelievable. But yeah. go on. So here's the goal that that um, the Club of Rome puts forward. Um, David Rockefeller and Alexander King. And this is what the, this is their stated goal. So this is going to be very like middle of the road, right? So it says to identify the most crucial problems which have determined the future of humanity through integrated and forward-looking analysis to evaluate alternative scenarios for the future and to assess risks, choices, and opportunities to develop and propose practical solutions to the challenges identified to communicate the new insights and knowledge derived from this analysis to decision makers in the public and private sectors and also to the general public and to stimulate public debate and effective action to improve the prospects for the future. Right. So that all sounds very like 
like a good idea, right? We're, we're going to get everybody involved. We're going to figure out what the most pressing things are for the future. And then we're going to uh, discuss them and we're going to ha- bring everyone in and see if we can fix them in advance, right? But here's the problem. They put out a book called The um, Limits to Growth in 1971. And part of that uh, inside this document that they passed around to all of their members and other people that are that are close to them, there is a two paragraph section that basically lays the foundation for the global warming climate change um, policies that they created. When I say, you know, people will say, well, it was created by the Club of Rome is who put this in, in power. It might have been talked about before, but nobody had the power like David Rockefeller and Alexander King. So this is what is in this um this document that they put out. And this is really super duper important. So the common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself. We believe humanity requires a common motivation, namely a common adversary, in order to realize world government. Oh, my God. It does not matter if this common enemy is a real one or one invented for this purpose. Oh, my God. So they're telling you. They're laying it out right there. This is 1971. They are telling you damn near half a century ago that they are going to use the threat of climate change slash global warming. They called it global warming back then. They are going to use the threat of global warming as the excuse to transition everyone into a one world government. Let me read you. This is my translation of what I just read. This is my translation. This went in the book as well. So this is, they're saying one thing. This is how we should interpret it. As a ploy to unite humanity into a one world government, we came up with the idea that global warming would work great because we could blame it on people and then make people do something to fix it. The people need to be motivated to form a one world government, and it doesn't really matter if we make up the reason or not. The something that they say will fix the problem is for the people to pay for polluting. They will suggest that the payment component should be a tax to punish this sort of careless behavior, and this tax will be promoted as a punishment to the people and governments that exceed a certain threshold deemed acceptable by society, a threshold that they will determine in actuality. The sales pitch will be that since pollution doesn't recognize or respect national boundaries, and because the problem is global in nature, the solution must be global and free of sovereign boundaries as well. The problem impacts the entire world and encourages mankind to think bigger than the current nation state paradigm. A world pollution problem deserves a world solution, a one world government, a new world order. This is, that's my interpretation of what it says. It is, they're telling you the plan. You just have to listen. Like most things, they'll tell you the plan. This is part of that karma thing that they're into where they have to tell you the horrible shit they're going to do before they do it. And then they're free. Yep. Charlie, you you nailed it, dude. You nailed it. We were just talking on the last episode uh, two ago about uh, the Manson murders, how they just basically let you know what's really going on. And, you know, all Lee Demigard talks about it, man. They leave clues so you know, so you're supposed to catch them. And they, they yeah. feel like if you don't catch them, it's your fault, not theirs. And it's like, this is no different than the... Uh, 
what is that book that came out before 9-11? Uh... The, the, that Dick Cheney put out for a new America and how they oh, basically... project for a new American century. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was the neocons that basically said we, we need a, a new Pearl Harbor and then they got a new Pearl Harbor. What a surprise. Yeah, man. It's unbelievable. They put it out there and it's just like Americans are such loving people that they just want to believe these lying liars and the lies they lie. And we see now, that. If, yeah. If the three of us decided we were going to write this this document for the club of Rome, we were going to put it in, 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 you know, we we're like, Hey, we're going to get everyone to believe in global warming. Then we're going to do a carbon tax. You know, how far could the three of us get? Probably not very far, but when you're David Rockefeller who has all the money in the world and you're Dr. Alexander King, who has all the connections in the world and you're running these think tanks and everything flows through you and you control the media because you <laughs> own them. Well, you can actually get this plan pretty far. And to their credit, although they're psychopathic maniacs, to their credit, they have shown the the the, the ability to take a long view approach to whatever they're trying to implement. They're not going to push carbon taxes on day one, right? They're, this is they'll they're willing to let this thing play out for for you know at the at the time they wrote it sixty years, right? They wrote this in the it's early seventies, and they're talking about at first it was Agenda Twenty One, which meant twenty one hundred. So they probably thought they'd get it done <laughs> in thirty years, but then it became Agenda Twenty Thirty, which is thirty years past that. So if it takes sixty years. But you create the mechanism to throw off trillions of dollars in your direction with no oversight because you're the person in charge of it. Well, then then you wait 60 years, you know, then it, you might not be able to benefit. But your your uh, inbred kids that you've been, you know, keeping in the family yeah. from family to family, then they'll be the ones in charge of it. And but this is how it works. This is the 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 the. Uh, I want the planet to be saved, right? I don't like the idea of all this pollution and all these things. But paying taxes on it isn't the answer. When it, paying taxes on anything isn't the answer. Yeah. What if ta paying taxes improved your situation at all? They, yeah. they don't. They don't at all. And it's just like, it's it, it's actually not going in and telling them they actually want more pollution because then you need more credits. It's literally like, dude, it's like, we get so much lunch, right? I'm only going to eat this much of my lunch. You can buy the rest of my lunch off me, right? Yeah. It's just, it, you're not punishing any. The taxes don't go to, hey, you're going to keep getting fucked if you don't change this. What it says to you is like, hey, dude, you pollute so much, you got to buy credits from somebody else, and somebody else is going to sell those credits. It doesn't change anything. It's so brilliant. It's ridiculous. And, you know, you're yeah. talking about long game, dude. It doesn't have to happen in their, their lifetime. I mean, you talk about Operation Blue Beam. That's been in work for s millenniums. Right. Like thousands and thousands of years they've been planning on this. It's not meant to happen right now. It's incremental. Slow, yeah. slow, little baby. And they make stuff. us think like we're helping, like the straw situation. Yeah. Yeah, straws. straws. Yeah. That's helping the. How the fuck is that helping climate change? And but. somebody owns somebody, dude. How about tents? All the tents in the California. Who owns the, all the tent? Big tent. That's it. You know, it's like the uh, the military industrial complex. Well, you got the tent industrial complex selling all these homeless people tents. Oh, there's. I mean, there's always somebody making a dollar off of each moment of this and yeah. paper straws. It's like, dude, there's somebody owned at the highest level. 
The people own paper straws, own plastic straws, But you remember when we weren't supposed to use paper because of save the forest? Yeah. Now it's use paper. Yeah. It's fucking confusing. Like, when I was a kid, I remember, don't use paper. Use plastic. It lasts longer. Now it's don't use plastic, use paper. Yeah. It's it's fucking crazy, Upside down. Now, you talk about, is is this climate change mostly geared towards the United States? Uh, no, not necessarily. They'll take money from anybody. You know, they'll take taxes, tax money from everybody that, that, that's got it. But the, as far as like the punishment aspect of it goes, it's certainly disproportionately targeting the United States, uh, in Europe, but it's not going after the real polluters. You know, like I said, if it was about the real polluters at the UN, you'd, you'd have China and India sitting there trying to pretend like they were somewhere else, right? Because they know that 80% of the pollution is coming from them. Right. But, but, uh, but 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 who's who's Greta screaming at? Yeah, she's screaming at us. Why isn't she, I mean, anybody? You know, I mean, is China is India doing anything, or is this just another way to punish American companies so they move, they leave the United States and go to China, where they have to pay a dime on a dollar for for um, any kind of labor, and once again, American jobs are gone, causing. American workers to not be able to find work and join the U.S. military as stormtroopers. Like, that's really what we're doing. We're exporting military might. That's the United States' new export. Our bodies, our sons, our daughters. Like, why are they coming after? I'm like, we don't, they make us seem like we're the worst polluters. You're saying we're not even close? Not even close. So in China, first of all, if you're in Beijing on a daily basis, just living and breathing in Beijing is the equivalent of smoking 21 cigarettes a day. Okay, just by being out, just being out there. 750,000 people a year in China die from pollution, and only only about 300,000 of that is from air pollution. The rest is from indoor air pollution. Yeah, indoor air pollution kills a lot of people. And so, you know, it's the globally, just air pollution in general, it kills over six million people a year. So it's it there's a lot going China is 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 doing, you know, eighty percent of the waste in India is just dumped directly into the Ganges River. Oh my god, dude. Like how do they live? How do they like well, dude, they, this is oh they my. don't. Not very well. Oh my god, man. And so so if we're if we're going to be honest about what is causing climate change, right? This 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 climate change thing. Then what you would do is you would prioritize who's the biggest polluter, right? Who's the biggest problem and let's let's fix them, right? So it would be China and India and then the United States military. Because the United States military on its own pollutes and emits more carbon than some countries. You know what I mean? They're 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 real bad about that. Like a, a fucking cruise ship emits as much pollution as a million cars. Really? <laughs> but where's the where are we are we shutting down the crew? Yeah, because they run twenty four hours a day. They never oh stop their God, engines. Oh my God! You know The whole city. So dude. what are you going to do? You're going to shut down? I mean, is this? Um, you're going to shut me down for using plastic straws, but you're not going to go after the most logical things like Carnival Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean places like that. And even when 2030 rolls around what what happens what will happen is that the ipcc has the ability to write waivers for these companies that they deem to be 
exempt from these polluting and these carbon uh, issues. So, I mean, who do you think they're going to write waivers for? All, all the, the rich, right? All, all the, the rich. Oil, all the petroleum industry yeah. will get a pass on that. Yeah, because, all the ones that are doing, you know, the real actual polluting, they'll get a pass on that. Manufacturing, all that stuff. Whoever they want to give a free pass to, they'll give a free pass to. And whoever they don't, they won't. And what they'll do is they'll use that carrot and stick approach to make you do what they want you to do. And if you don't do what they want you to do, then it's carbon tax to hell. And if you don't pay your carbon taxes, they're going to shut off your ability to go to the bank. They're going to shut off your ability to go to the grocery store get on an airplane, all those things will be tied into the social credit system as well. So if you're not up on your carbon taxes, you'll be fucked. You won't be able to get a cell phone. You won't be able to get a bank account. You won't be able to do shit. And they know that. And so this is going to be a dystopian nightmare. I hate to get dark about this, but this is where it's headed because the carbon taxes are just going to they're just going to clean every. You think that there's a disparity between the rich one tenth of one percent and ninety percent of the world now? Wait till the carbon taxes go in. It'll be serfs and and uh, you know kings and serfs. That's what it'll be. It'll be everybody in the world working on their plantation dude. for them. Unbelievable. According to EarthDay.org, we're number twentieth on the list. The United States. Yeah, EarthDay.org, and there's China's number one, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam. Really? Yeah. Yeah, most of the pollution is coming from Asia. I mean, it just is, you know. And so, the, but but this works better when you get the United States on board. Like you said, we're very, you know, we're very warm people. Not don't take our government out of it. Our government is run by psychopaths. But yeah. the people itself in the United States. You know, we're not looking to go invade people. That's our crazy government doing that shit. We're we're we want to help. We all live on this planet too, like everybody. Like we don't have a plan to. We don't have a backup plan, right? As far as I don't, as far as I know, we don't. Um, but uh, so we have this incentive to do the right thing, and so it's easier for us to get on board, right? So they're gonna they're gonna work on Europe, and they're gonna work on the United States. And the sad thing is, in because they know how to play us, they use things like. 16 year old girls 16 year old girls man that that have that have aspergers and are above reproach right you can't criticize her for fear of being an asshole (laughs) about it right but where did i see this before i saw this in 1990 with the naraya uh girl the 15 year old who went from Kuwait, who said that they took the babies out of the incubators and left the left them on the floors to die. Well, it turned out that that 15-year-old girl was the oh. ambassador from Kuwait's daughter, yeah. and she was coached by Hill and Knowlton, yeah. and this is declassified. This is a fact. They're not denying it anymore. So that was a lie to get us into the first war, right? They did this actually in 1992 again at the UN Earth Summit in Rio. They did the same thing. They used a 13-year-old girl who came out and talked about – almost word for word what Greta was saying. She did that whole thing in Rio and talked to, you know, in front of all of these people at the UN Earth Summit. Once again, here we go with the United Nations being involved and passed this off as fact and everybody's got to get on board with climate change. And what did we have this last week? We had Greta in at the United Nations again. Why? Because the United Nations is backing this thing. This is the reason why. If this girl was a threat, to the establishment, you think she'd be meeting Obama, hanging out with Bono, and going and speaking in front of the U- No yeah, effing a- way. They'd keep her as far away from those places as possible. Would she, she be right next threat. to the president as he walks through? Unbelievable, dude. How about when Kavanaugh, who's a piece of shit, 
uh, is having his trial, to, uh, his hearing for the uh, Supreme Court, and they don't want you discussing his beliefs, which is pro-big government, pro-big brother, anti-bill of rights, anti-right to privacy, pro-militarized police, you know, all these things. He wrote the Patriot Act. He helped write the Patriot Act. And they have, like, a, a parent from Parkland shooting run up to him and ask him about guns. And you're like, how does that dude get that close to a fucking Supreme Court nominee? Oh, because he was allowed to go there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and so Greta has ties. Everyone is, you know, everyone in the alternative media has been talking about how she has ties to Soros. And that's true. She's backed and funded by George Soros. I mean, is there a more reprehensible, you know, emperor Dude, Palpatine Jew, person in the Jews. world than George Soros? I mean, he's a disgusting human being. But what she also has ties to is the president of the Club of Rome, the guy I was just talking about, the Club of Rome. The president of the Club of Rome is involved in her speech writing. This is who's behind her. Oh this is the group that's pushing God. for the carbon tax credit, right? This is This is a scam. And they're using her as a human shield because they know that it's difficult for you to step up and attack a child about something like this. They did it with David Hogg. They did it with Greta. They did it with Naraya in 1990. Me they did Naraya. it with the Earth Summit, the girl in Earth Summit. And they're going to do it again. So the ne next time you, you know, I don't know about you, but like if I wanted to go speak in front of the United Nations, I don't think that would be happening anytime soon. But shit, a 16-year-old girl just comes out of nowhere and magically gets the red carpet to go stand up there. and It's part of the agenda. They are using her. And I feel bad for her. And I, I feel, feel bad, bad that the she's in this situation. But, her, but I feel really this bad. is how they do it. You know, this, is, this is how you do it when you don't want people legitimately looking into your claims. You throw this up there to appeal to emotion. It's just easy. You know, this is the easiest, oldest trick in the book. Put it there up there and say, and what does she say? We have to act now. We can't Shame wait. On you. Time's up. We have to act now. And what that does when someone has to act now and they're not allowed to think about it is that it forces them to just make an emotional decision right this second. And it's telling them, don't look at the facts. Don't look at any of yep. that other yeah, stuff. That's what everything is about. It's we about emotional throw up. Well, well, what do we do? Do what I say. Oh, okay. Okay. Because you know it all. You're 16 and you have Asperger's and why the fuck wouldn't we listen to you? Because you clearly know everything about climate change. This is designed yeah. to be this way. And dude, this is, these are the kids eating Tide Pods. <laughs> right? They're eating Tide Pods. Her friends are eating Tide Pods. You want to tell me about climate change? I mean, get out of here, dude. Get out of here. You know who else used this? Aaron, the Nazis. The Nazis would parade children. You know who else uses this? Corporations when they want to sell you that. You ever notice that nobody can talk about facts right now? Everyone's got to have a mascot, a spokesman, you know? Hey, I'm Willie the Wacky wa Raccoon, and you <laughs> want to come and eat Tide Pods, right? I mean, everything's got to have a cartoon character. Now you got to have kids because you can't question kids, right? You can't... It's, and, uh, Unless they tell you the question, kids. Like, you know, God forbid you ask what happened at Sandy Hook, but then at the same time, let's laugh at laugh at Pizzagate because that couldn't be real. But Sandy Hook, it's got to be real because kids, 
But why some kids are important and some kids aren't. It's emotional. It's just ridiculous. It's like how words are now more dangerous than actions. When people went nuts on Roseanne for her Play of the Apes joke, which is not a good joke, okay? But you got got mad at her and not mad at the person she's talking about, Valerie Jarrett, who basically, basically came up with the whole idea... To help assassinate, allegedly, assassinate Muammar Gaddafi, which has caused open-air slave trades in Libya right now. What comics are talking about that? None. What co- what rappers are talking about it now? None. They'll talk about slavery and get offended at the N-word like the sky is falling, okay? And then do jokes about Africans being sold for $400. I hear comics doing jokes. Black comedians doing jokes about it. It's all bullshit. Everything is weaponry. They're just weaponizing. Me too. Racism. Sexism. The cast of crazy rich Asians getting upset about a joke a broke comic did on a podcast. Why they're making millions of dollars doing a fucking show making fun of Asians. It's all fucking a scam. Everybody's collecting dollars the whole way. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Well, and there's a good video that people should see. It's fairly recent. It's by uh, Dr. Shiva Iandarari from MIT. He's a PhD from MIT. Yes. It's about 13 minutes long. You've seen it. He breaks down this climate or carbon tax, which I call the carbon tax hustle. He breaks it down in a way that is so amazing. So if somebody can find, you know, people can find that video. Check your email. I mean, do you want to play it? Or do you want it's it too like- long? It's too long to play, but people should definitely check it out because what he does is he draws it on the whiteboard and he explains it. And when I saw that, I saw it a couple of days ago, and I'm going, "Thank God," because it, it it matches up exactly with what I was writing. I would have been really pissed off if what I had written was like totally wonky and didn't fit with it. But I looked at it and I was like, "Good, I'm glad that guy has come up with the same sort of understanding of this." And and he lays it out in a way that just makes a whole lot of sense. And so if people are like. I still don't understand this. Um, then look, check his video out because he takes it a step further and he talks about um, he he talks about a group that is in charge of bribing the influencers, the people in other countries to get them to join the Paris Climate Accord and how the Paris Climate Accord is basically a scam. And the reason why Trump pulled out of it was because he recognized this. Now, I don't know if he I don't know if Trump recognized this, if there's other reasons or or whatever. But but that is this guy. I can't figure him out. Like, it's like some things he's like he's right on and some things he's like completely off on. Like. Yeah. So they use this thing called the United Nations Green Climate Fund. So, so you know it's a scam right there just by naming it that. But but that's put it's funded by a hundred billion dollars that the United States put in, right? And then that money is then used to bribe influencers in different countries. Um, I didn't write it this way in my book, but um, or my book with Jeff, but. Um, 
But this doctor from MIT uh, explained it in a way that made a lot of sense where that that money is then used to to pay off these guys. That's the, the you know, maybe the head guy in in Cambodia or where Jakarta, you know, in Indonesia or wherever you, you just go to that guy and say, hey, you should be a part of the Paris Climate Accord. And if they don't vo- join, then you basically bribe them to get them to join. And once they join, then they're all part of this um, carbon tax scam that's locked into place through law. They can't get out. Out of it. And part of what they did, which was really genius, was to get China and India on board, was they basically said, you're you're polluting 11 billion tons a year right now. What we'll do is we'll make it so that you can pollute 22 billion tons a year by 2030. So right there, you know, that it's not about reducing pollution, because if it was about reducing pollution, they'd be the pollution, pollution police, right? They would be like, you got to get your pollution numbers down. They didn't do that. They said, we'll let you double it. We'll set this uh, your benchmark at really high, like higher than you probably will even use just to get you on board, and which is, of course, what they did. And, of course, this money is used to to bribe all those people and get them into the system and then lock it in place and then you're trapped. So watch that video. He said he explains it in a way that I think is just genius. And, and even if you don't have an understanding of all this stuff, no, it still makes real, sense. He breaks it down. And I was just watching going, oh, my God, they're basically yeah. creating a pimp in a weird way, a pimp, a, a, a climate change pimp. And this pimp, you need, hey, dude, you're breaking law. You need that fix. You need that fix, bro. You need that fix. I got these people over here, man. They got some of that credit. You come over here, get some of that credit. So you buy some of the credit and boom, they make the money. And you were talking about who's who's running it? Goldman Sachs? Is that who's, who's basically... Well, the- I- the IPCC is running it, which is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. But they're they're brought, you know, the people that are a part of this is the United Nations and the banks. I mean, the banks are, aren't part of IPCC, but but they have their own. Um, the, what the IPCC does is they'll they'll take this new financial instrument, which is a carbon credit, which is basically like like a put option, right? It's it's an option on, on a stock. It's a new game at the casino, at the Goldman Sachs Citigroup Casino that you can play, right? They've just invented a new game to get more suckers in yeah. to try their luck at this yeah. game. And this game is called carbon credits. And then you can buy them and you can sell them and they're going to go up in value and you can short them or you can go long on them or you can buy options on them or whatever the hell you want to do. Just like a normal financial instrument and just like any sort of financial marketplace like the COMEX or the Forex or any of these things, they're rigged by the banks. That's not my opinion. They've been busted and have paid hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in fines for rigging these marketplaces. So what do you think they're going to do with a carbon credit marketplace that's worth trillions of dollars? They're going to rig the shit out of that thing, right? There's no possible way that you're going to get a fair shake. They're going to make money. The IPCC is going to make money and everybody else is going to pay for it. And actually, dude, in all reality, they don't want you to actually clean up your act. No, it is the same as big pharmaceutical. That's the, that's the evil thing about it. It's the same as the big pharmaceutical companies. They don't want to cure your problem. They want you to be a client for life. So China's never going to have any incentive of cleaning up because they just keep paying you out the bills, man. To the who international banking couple which is not code for juice it's code for international banking couple okay i mean what are we talking about here 
It's I mean, so, there's some Jews in there, but of course, but it's not all Jews. Yeah, but dude, I mean, like, yeah, at the highest levels, it's all dark arts people, man. Whether I mean, yeah. like, is the house of is the house of Saad Muslims or are they black cube motherfuckers who wear right. Muslim around so they don't get fucking murdered by everybody around them? It's all if it's a, dude. I don't care if you got a Steinberg or a Goldberg or whatever your last name. At the highest levels, you worship the black cube. I mean, like. The biblical oral history, the Babylonian oral history of the Talmud. I mean, dude, Babylon, Babylonian, what's that? Black cube. I mean, it's all black cube at the highest level. These guys are all black cube, okay? It's unbelievable. Yeah, so what happens with this IPCC thing is that they've brought in certain scientists to help them make the case about this global warming thing that's happening or climate change or whatever, or how carbon's going to affect it. And the problem is that they brought in a couple of uh, professors and their emails got leaked. This was in 2009. And, and what they were and it exposed that these guys were having big problems that they were making up the, um, so a guy named professor Philip Jones, who is the director of this thing? He he is in charge of two different key sets of data used by the IPCC to to make these reports. The first was so his global temperature record was the most important one of the four sets of temperature data that the IPCC and the governments relied on. <laughs> and the second thing that he was in charge of, the second bit of data, was what was called Michael Mann's hockey stick graph, which showed that like the Climate, you know, carbon went like this and then shot straight up like a hockey stick after a thousand years of being in decline that it magically just started to go straight up. Well, the problem is his emails got released and what it what it it showed to the people was that found him was that this guy, Dr. Phil Jones, refused to release the basic data for which his his temperature records were being um derived from he wouldn't do it he um he wouldn't release it and in fact he went so far as claiming that much of the data from all over the world just got lost oh Remember? my god where who is else, that who happen? else loses data like that nasa nasa hillary <laughs> really clinton losing the dnc so what else it also god. showed in these leaked emails was that the scientists were told to delete large chunks of their data in order to make the charts work. And also, oh, oh it God. talked, their emails back and forth talked about how to get around FOIA, Freedom of Information Act requests by deleting information that was being requested, which is a crime, by the way, that is against the law. So they were, and you know, so they're talking about this stuff in their emails. They were also complaining about how hard it is to make the computer simulation models actually give them the results that they wanted. So there wasn't anything scientific going on here because they weren't saying these computer simulation models give us these results. What they were saying is they're not giving us the results that we want and that we need. And so that was creating a huge problem. Of course, they were talking about this. So uh, the, the last thing that was discovered in these emails was they were talking about how they were their process for silencing anyone that was challenging their findings and uh, <laughs> how they would do that and how they would use academic 
uh, peer-reviewed papers from one another to basically use like this circular batch of people that were all reinforcing each other's beliefs on these topics, but they were all in it together. And anybody that was on the outside that was saying, hey, I've got problems with these numbers that I'm seeing, they would just make sure that they didn't they didn't work at that university anymore, make sure they got fired or didn't get tenured or get them fired from wherever they were. So it was like a, it was like a mafia. And dude, on top of that, what I believe goes on is they create the narrative, which is fake, and then they create the fake narrative to counter that. So well, the, they can, yeah. they control the opposition. So you remember the whole story about how all these um, these scientists came together and they disproved global warming, and they looked at some of the names, and some of the names were like Dr. Pamela Anderson, and you realize that's done to shift the focus from what's really talking about, which is this carbon tax. And how, dude, you listen, dude, it's like when you watch, uh, not that I've ever done it in the last couple of weeks, but uh, you, when you go watch these uh, these webcam shows, right? And these girls doing these webcam stuff. It's like, in order to keep playing ball, you got to keep buying tokens, right? So if you want to keep polluting, you're going to keep having to buy tokens. It never ends, ever. No, but there are some people that aren't actually controlled opposition in this case. There are people that used to work with them that have had uh, some very interesting quotes to say. So this here's a quote from uh, a Dr. Vincent Gray in New Zealand in 2007 who was who worked for the IPCC. He he came he later came out and said the claims of the IPCC are dangerous unscientific nonsense. Another guy who was a UN science UN IPCC scientist. Uh, Dr. Stephen Jepper, uh, a PhD in atmospheric uh, chemistry, which sounds really complicated, said uh, temperature measurements show that the climate model predict predicted mid troposphere hot zones do not exist. This is more than sufficient to invalidate global climate models and projections made with them. You know, and then another last person said that. Um, well, this is kind of a, a separate thing, but someone from the UN uh, Special Climate Envoy did this thing. And you'll notice it. You'll recognize that a lot of times this does it. They, he declared it's completely immoral even to question the UN's alleged – their global warming <laughs> consensus. So they make when, – when somebody tells you that it is immoral or unpatriotic or disrespectful to challenge somebody's – this established belief – then you know you got to go challenge that established belief That's because they are hiding sure. something there. So if we're not if we're not the cause of a uh, climate change, is the Earth just heating up on its own? Because it is kind of heating up, right? I mean, dude, Miami's Miami's fucked. Well, they're talking well, about how, like, dude, we haven't even explored. This planet is eighty percent water. We haven't we've explored quote unquote space more than we've explored the oceans. There's giant volcanoes everywhere, and these uh, volcanoes explode, and they cause the water to heat up. I mean, these there are things going on. But man, it is so interesting. What were you about to say, Charlie? Well, the big, you know, some of the larger volcanoes that we see just during our lifetime, one eruption from from some of the big ones uh, will put up more carbon into the atmosphere than all of human mankind has in its existence. So the fact it's it's not about carbon. If it was about anything, it should be about pollution, but it's not about pollution either. We are polluting this beautiful planet 
like we've got another one to go to and it we've got to stop doing that but that is not climate change those are two separate things we've got to stop the pollution we've got to stop doing that should we go to you know should we have cars that do not emit pollution sure absolutely i lived in la for 25 years man i understand how the smog is it's bad they've catalytic converters try and cut down on the smog you know these things are these are good processes this this is not not a bad idea to try and cut down on pollution and things like that but they're blurring the lines between what carbon you know what climate change really is yes. and pollution it's yes. not about pollution as far as they're concerned we are thinking it's about pollution it's not they are not so, yeah cuz so they're so when they say climate change we're not talking about that that polluted island in texas right that's a whole different story cuz they throw that all in the mix they make yeah. it seem that's no, the so whole that's, shit you mean the, pollution the, the big and plastic climate island change yeah. is two different things the garbage patch that's floating in the Pacific Ocean, yeah. they're not talking about it. They don't give a shit about that. Yeah, they don't care um, about because that. Because they can't make money off of it. Yeah. They are talking about they are talking about carbon. They are talking about you're pollute you're emitting too much carbon dioxide, which by the way, plants need. Uh, yeah, by the way, and how do you calculate cal- that? It's, it's genius. They are they are trying to quantify something that appear that 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 it lives in nature <laughs> and there and and yes we do emit some of this but they are trying to say that that is the sole and only reason that this is going to kill the world it's going to end the planet in 12 years but here's the thing they've been saying that since 1973 paul Ehrlich. Earth will be doomed by 1980. Yeah. Noel Brown, 1989. Earth will be doomed by 2000. Right. It just goes on and on and on. It's always 12 years out. It's always this many years. It's uh, the world's going to end. The world hasn't ended yet, and all we've done is pollute more and more and more. So I'm not. I want to be careful to say that I'm not. I'm not saying that we don't have a real problem with pollution because we do. If you've been around, you know, if you look at what's going on in the rivers and you see what's going, what we're putting in the ocean, we got to knock that shit out. That that's not good for anyone, but there is a difference. And the people that are selling this story are selling it using the, the, the garbage and, and, plastics and 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 all these things as you know something to make you feel guilty because it's tangible to you like you we understand that we have a trash can we throw away trash where does that go goes in a landfill that's not good or it gets incinerated that's even worse so we got to stop doing all that that's fine i think a lot of people would say i'm okay with that as long as everyone does it right as long as the governments are, are doing it yeah as long as we're not you know and then you go well look we all got together and we reduced our carbon footprint and then that goddamn volcano went off uh yesterday and screwed everything up and just put out four times more carbon into the atmosphere than all of us did so what's the point okay dude well we'll find out what the point is right now with everyone's <laughs> favorite segment that man he's been on fire today i could hear him just <laughs> seething over there let's see it's time for everyone's favorite thing brought to you by our good friends at bluetooth and bet dsi and blinkist here we go oh come on hey hey ron well you better be sick dead or mute A.A. Ron. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. You filthy animal. Aaron, thoughts. So if my segment has corporate sponsorship, uh, do I get any of that money? (laughs) (laughs) First and foremost. uh, No, I honestly, this guy might be my favorite guest uh, because he started the interview with saying I don't like Trump. That was pretty cool. Okay, okay. Uh, So we know your code right now. 
I don't like any of them, to be honest with well, you. Well, so yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, necessarily Trump-specific, but totally, I do not yeah. like the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally, that's totally fair, too. Um, obviously, I agree entirely that, that pollution, that we are polluting and we need to curb that. How governments go about it and all that stuff, I don't know. I mean, like, ah! they're just, you know, so I got... I got nothing bad to say there. Um, Charlie, look at you. What do we you. got here? Oh, what, you did what else was I going to say? Oh, shit. I had something very Carbon. relevant. Uh, the, the girl. And you, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't about those people. Um, wow. I think that's... Shit. I think this is only like the second time he's somewhat conceded. I think oh, only well, one other time yeah. he's conceded that the logic and the facts that we bring actually make sense and that... He's getting lied to as he go home and makes love well, I'm not, to his wife while watching Rachel Maddow. The implication a, that I even watch Rachel Maddow or, <laughs> or you know, want the Democrat. That's like, no, that's not that. We're joking, buddy. We know. We know you. I don't know what you watch, actually. <laughs> uh, we love you to death. Uh, Charlie, tell them where they can find your book again. You can find, uh, if you like the digital version, you can find it at my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. If you like the paperback, you can find that at Amazon. If you like to buy books from guys that send pictures of their dick to people, that's cool. You can <laughs> find it at Amazon. If you want Hell it at yeah. Barnes & Noble, that's fine too. Hell yeah. Uh, we've got it there. Hey, dude, I appreciate you, Charlie. You're, you're, you're one of the best to come on. We appreciate every time you Thanks, come man. on. Hopefully we make uh, – eh, eh, Anarchy Apuco happened because I'd love to hang out with you out there. Talk some oh, shit. You got, well, hey, just let me say this really fast because they just announced who's coming and it's going to be Ron Paul again. It's going to be Crazy John McAfee and Freeway <laughs> Rick Ross is going to be there too talking about his drug trafficking. So we're going to have some – that's just the, the first batch of guests. So well, gonna, I'll be speaking there too. But I I'm not, but I, I'll tell you what, man. I'll be front row for Freeway Rick. I want to yeah. hear what's up with him. Well, you know, uh, I told him to call me. Hopefully he will. And, uh, you know, we'll figure that out and we can get some going. I'd love to come out and rock out with you guys because it sounds like a good time. Uh, he's Charlie Robinson. He's an author. He just dropped what we call the truth hammer on you unsuspecting fools. We appreciate you, Charlie. And uh, guys, thanks for listening in. And we hope we see you in NYC tonight, yo. Come get right. weird.